And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black, Black Hipster, Hipster, where we talk about Black pop culture, gay pop culture, Black gay pop culture, and, and sometimes, sometimes other shit. shit. That was a struggle. That was a struggle. What is yes. happening today, honey? Like, I, I, I don't know what's oh, going on. I may need to take my God. medicine. Uh, <laughs> well, my allergy oh, you medicine. You need to go on some new medicine. Possibly. Well, I didn't take it at all. I feel like my head's in the clouds. It just started oh, this morning. Oh, my goodness, child. Yes, yes. Huh. Well, we haven't recorded. Well, we, it's been like two weeks since we recorded. Yeah. Well, because you were in Boston last weekend. I was. Yes, yes. yes. So we gave you guys an evergreen episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> 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 so I have been entertaining myself mm-hmm. with old YouTube videos of well YouTube videos of old bad girls club fights. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh, oh. how I miss it. So did you? And I know which one was one of my favorites. The one remember oh, what was her name? Flora or Fiona? She was the bigger girl when she she had her foot was messed up and she threw that girl across I think the it was Fiona. So that yeah. No, so still. Season number one, Ty and Amy. Oh, I will always that was a great have a one. special place in my heart. That was a great How one. How Amy got that ass beat. Because yeah, Ty was squared up, up on. Yes. Like, she squared up. I mean, when I say she got not one hit off, <laughs> she just kept walking into the punch. Because like. <laughs> she was trying to grab her. It's like you're trying to get close and grab her. Right, but her. you can't do that with somebody who know how to box. Yeah, like, it's like, no, she's not letting you get close And she's bigger than you. Her yeah. arms are longer. You're never going to get in. Mm-hmm. And she got that reach. So every time you're trying to go in, yeah. bong, you're catching it to the face. Well, and like, and if she caught was... one to the, chi- to the cheek, where she just stumbled, you can tell that hit just took her out. Like, <laughs> And then she took off her um, her sandals. Like, oh, she, it was at Lord, the peak, and right? she took off her sandals. And it was like, what did you think? Like, oh, my she, God. First of all, she threw her sunglasses off like she was hard, mm-hmm. which was how this fight got started in the first place. Yeah. So... Amy, Amy caught a lesson oh, yeah. in don't catch this fade. It was hilarious. Like nobody's business. And I remember once her, the other girl was so upset that she did that because she had to leave. Yes. I forget yes. her name. Leslie, I Yeah, think. Leslie. That was her girl. Yeah. She kept telling her, don't fight her. And Ty is like, she keep trying me. Mm-hmm. It's gonna erupt. Oh, Ty seemed like she just was ready to fight. She, she was. Like she, she stayed on ready to fight. Yeah, she was ready to fight. Yeah. She was like, listen, I don't care. I'm gonna fight this girl. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was funny. And then I've also been watching these Ari Lennox videos, like live performances of her doing mm-hmm. her songs, and I'm just like, I can't take it. I, oh, I don't know so her good. that well. Oh my God, I oh. love her album so much. Is she the girl, the woman, I could be wrong, that sounds, when I heard her, she sounds like another singer. Like Erica, Erica Badu. Badu. Yeah. Yes. My little sister but was she, listening to her. Um, I, I feel like, yes, I can see that, but I don't... If you listen to her album, I think then you get out oh, of I'm that. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You get out of that, my friend. Because Shea Butter Baby, yes. She sounds like Erica Badu. But I think listening to the rest of her, the songs... But there's this performance she does of her song, Static, where she's hitting notes that she don't even do on the album. I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, you better go ahead. <laughs> get that. Maybe I should um, listen to her. You should. Her album is fucking dope. And Summer Walker's album came out. Oh, no. Is, really is she the too. one? No, it's not this Ari Lennox. It's another girl who sounds like Erica Badu? No, Bajan? it's Ari Lennox. Oh, okay, okay. Why did you just like randomly No, because you said you mentioned before you moved on to this Summer Walker, you mentioned another girl who, and I thought you said she sounds like Erica Badu. No. Who was the other girl that you mentioned? Ari Lennox and there was someone else's name you threw in there. Just now? No, besides Summer Walker. I a, literally have only spoken about Ari Lennox and Summer Walker I thought you said another, um, another girl's name really no, quickly. No, sir. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Summer Walker's album album is really good too though. Um and then I've also been watching Top Boy. Bruh. 
Oh, I haven't. What channel is that on? You, it's on Netflix. Oh, yes. I so you don't need that. to have cable, you goddamn hipster. Yeah, I have. You um, know, use someone's password. <laughs> well, I have Netflix. And, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, because I think we use yours. Yeah. And yes, yeah. get on this top boy. Whose show is that? Isn't there someone it's, famous behind this show? Um, well, okay. big, well known. So the show, um, okay. It's from the UK. Mm-hmm. I think it, it started in 2011. It only had a couple seasons, and then the show ended. Drake, your boy Drizzy, oh yes, mm-hmm. loved the show so much that he brought it back. Oh, I like, did. He did hear the about reboot. Him. I think he teamed up with LeBron James. Okay, and they did a reboot mm-hmm. of the show, and it is glorious. Like it's like a British version of The Wire. Except their accents are amazing. Oh, God. Stringer Bell should have just been British. <laughs> um, and they're all fine. Like, Did they ooh. take place in... In the UK. Yeah, okay, yeah. The UK. They're in uh-huh. South London, which is the hood. Mm-hmm. All these boys are so fine. And we watched the new Netflix season, which is like 10 episodes or whatever. And then when it ended, I saw that the old seasons were up there. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, uh, we need to watch these. And child... When I tell you how some of them have aged, oh my God. It's like watching it in reverse. It's like, oh my goodness. I can't look at them. It's like, Sully. Sully looks exactly the same. (laughs) He is so fucking cute. So they were were all really young when the show first first started. It was eight years ago. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah. But, child. Ugh. They I are see so it. cute, these Someone boys. else told me about it. Someone else told me that it was a good show. I watched it with my baby mama out, mm-hmm. and he was like, you gonna say that man is fine one more time. And I was like, I gotta watch this sort with the girls. Do they have a lot of, are they all like in, where they're showing their chest? No, and, oh, okay. no, no. And like the, the years later, some of them got, oh, he got a little belly now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, he, he's still fine. Like, <laughs> he, he, his face still cute as hell. That's like, funny. Duchesne is fine. Sully's fine. Ugh. And then they got the nerve to introduce uh, Jamie, mm-hmm. this new, the new version. Jamie, oh, that boy is fine. He's, He's so young. He looks like a baby. Uh, and I'm like, like I how feel baby? a little like 19? wrong. So on the show, he plays 22 in real life. His name is Michael Ward. He's 24. Okay. <laughs> so he's a baby. He's a baby, but not like that's, oh, that's not that. But child, he is so... <laughs> like you can still date a twenty-four year old for fun. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm like, for fun. No, for fun. There's you only can, one thing I can do with a twenty-four. You can mess around with for it for fun. Yes, dating a twenty-four year old would be the is the complete opposite of fun when you are in your mid I to think, late thirties. I think it's too. Yeah, maybe you could date. A twenty-four-year-old when you're like in your fifties, no, because you're just like there's oh, no we... dating to be had. What kind of like conversation a... you gonna have with someone? I don't who know. Has that little perspective. Well, I just it's just like maybe you get away from thinking about depending on how your life is going. Maybe you just have fun. I get that, but, but I feel like you're the dating them not that you to value. But that's what I'm saying. You're saying dating. I'm I like guess you're not a... dating. But because dating, you're getting to know that person, and hopefully, yeah. it's getting more serious. Yeah, but... I don't want to know anything about your twenty-four-year-old life. I suppose. So, what would you call like if, say, say you had a relationship? Like, that's just a relationship. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying. What, it's so stupid. If you're you know you're obviously like you're going out, you're going to parties, you're going on dates, you're hanging out, you're having a good time. I guess you don't say that. That's with what date. you would call it. Yeah, having a good yeah, time. Yeah, no, I'm just hanging out with that kid. <laughs> We having a good time. It's like, yeah, we've been hanging out for three months. You know, it's yep, fine. It's just whatever. Out. It's like I know he might say you his girlfriend because he's twenty four, <laughs> but. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, no. It, and, and you then, have to make sure you keep explaining that to him. Baby, this is going nowhere serious. And, then, is that, and then are you absolved of any... Uh, I've used that word correctly. Or, of any obligations to go to, like, f- friends... Things of and course, functions. and that's that is where the explanation comes in. Yeah, then it's like we're not dating. So when he's like, "Oh, my friend, you know, Sam is turning twenty five. I will not be there." Yeah, like now. No, I'm not coming to a <laughs> celebration for twenty five year old. So y'all can make sure he takes twenty five shots and all this other business that oh, goes God. down. The stuff that I absolutely loved when I was twenty four, twenty five, yeah. but. My thirty-six-year-old me is like I no. could never. Like, yeah, and then you live in like a a situation where you're like they're like six roommates or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Which thank God we never did that. No. I just, I'm not. I mean, the it. most I did was two other people. I did that in growing up. It's called my brothers yeah. and sisters. Yeah, and you. And I shared went, a bed for a long time. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to do that again. Now it's it's getting even. I told you even to the it's getting so bad that as at 36 or whatever, I don't want to sleep on a couch when I go visit someone. <laughs> this like like we have a couch. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a hotel room. Yeah, it's like I. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just gonna stay someplace. And else. every year I tr- I try to I go. You know I'm gonna sleep on the couch. And every year I go. Why am I doing this again? Why am I doing this? If you had a couch like in a secluded room, maybe. But no, I'm I'm straight. My back hurt. I don't want to sleep on the couch anymore. No, I feel you. I slept on the couch at my sister's the other week, um, for the holiday, and it was oh, it was the fast too, mm-hmm. the worst sleep. I think I've ever gotten in my life. Were you in the living room? I was room? like, yeah. yeah and her couch is like all broken and beat down. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, girl. I'm getting a new one next week. At one point, Why I just got up and got on the floor. Because I didn't want to. <laughs> like, I'm like, no. sleep in the bed Yeah. I was like, uh-uh. And then I didn't want to sleep in any of the, the boys' beds. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was like, boys are gross. Yeah, like, yeah. young boys. Yeah. On their, their little bunk bed. I was like, nah. <laughs> Like, I'm change good. the sheet. You can change the sheet. I got, like, an hour of sleep, um, I think, that whole time. I was like, no, I'm good. No. Yeah. It's never good when someone wants you, especially if they have children, and they say, let's sleep, like, in the living room or some space where there's open. It's like, this is not going to be good. I can oh, hear yeah, everyone. Oh, yeah, then the kids are coming in. They're yeah, looking at you. looking at you, and you're like, oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I refuse. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, so I that's how I've been entertaining myself, mm-hmm. you know, other than all the other shenanigans all that have been going on yes. around the world. There's <laughs> always It's things. the world. Well, you did touch on um LeBron James who apparently is in some way connected to the top man, the top boy. Top boy. Top boy show. Top man. Top, <laughs> top man. boy show. I can't. And you know, they're um you know, LeBron James now plays for the Lakers. I don't know. <gasps> Really? Yes. Well, you know, my sports. I don't know how long this man has been playing for the Lakers. I think LeBron James is like 34. I know nothing about LeBron James. I don't know that much about LeBron James. And I know he's a he's a he's a football player. No, Chuck. Okay. Anywho, so that, him that is him. where I end this taping of the podcast, and I leave. <laughs> well, he's in some hot water. I guess the NBA, in a sense, but LeBron's in some hot water because the NBA, you know, they're trying to go. They've been to China before, but they're trying to make it more of a larger sport in China. And so the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers um, had a game there, had a series of games about a couple of weeks ago where they were going the over the Nets. The Nets, the oh, Brooklyn Nets, okay, and um, they one of the general manager of um of, of the NBA tweeted. Uh, he said, "Freedom for China, something we support." Hong Kong, because you know they're having a lot of like civil, not civil unrest, but there are a lot of protests because China 
for many years has been very inhumane. They, the, the people have no sort of civil liberties in a sense. And so they're fighting against that because they want more freedom. And then Hong Kong, um, there's also a longer history with there. So he tweeted that, which was probably not a great thing, even though it was his personal opinion. But China was like, nope. And so they the, the team flew, the boat teams flew over there and they canceled a lot of games while they were over there. And then they took down a lot of posters. Nike, who um, LeBron James has a lucrative deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they produce a lot in China. They're making a lot of money in China. So he had a lot of, he had a couple of appearances canceled Basically, so it was affecting their money. Right. So, but the, wait, just to correct you, it was Daru Mori, the general manager of the Houston Rockets. Oh, not the Houston of the Rockets. NBA. Okay, okay, okay. Not of the NBA. Right. And um, he tweeted. So then, basically, China was taking it as sort of a a slap in the face to them, mm-hmm. and they were putting pressure. Like, listen, we're going to show you that we don't need you, and we're going to punish you for what you're, do- you know, for the things that were said on behalf, you know, on behalf of this man. And so LeBron got up and um, went against the man's claims or his statement and said that, you know, he was misinformed, he was miseducated, you know, we shouldn't be talking about these things or discussing these things, basically. And people feel like the only reason why he said that was because it was hurting his bottom line. And then people are saying, you know, he supported Kaepernick and, you know, free speech in America for so many years and was very vocal about, like, you know, posting things about Kaepernick and wearing Kaepernick's you know, um, face on, you know, his shirts or whatever. So now he's kind of a hypocrite because he's not doing the same thing with China and it only has to do with money. So people are very upset. And I think there's this sort of shift where LeBron is, uh, because I read this whole article on ESPN, it was very, very detailed. And they were saying, talking about lots of things and I'm like, I don't know how this works. You know, like who's, you know, like who's. Sports. Well, because there's there were. too many sports references. Well, because, yeah, not that there were too many sports references. They were referencing a lot of people within the sports industry. So then it was like, well, I don't know who that person is. I'm not sure what they do. So then I have to look up to see who this person is. And I'm like, it was a lot of extra research. It's a very good article, but I had to do a lot of sort of side research. I'm like, I don't know who this person is mm-hmm. or how does that affect? And, you know, I don't know. I know that LeBron has lots of deals, but LeBron is a big name. So he very much took it upon himself to, he wanted to defend his team. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, listen, when something's affecting my team, not only me, but, you know, this is affecting everyone else because, you know, their games were getting canceled and their appearances were getting canceled. So people were losing money. And so he stepped up as a figurehead and he's so well known. So people are are listening to him. And he um, felt like this was something he had to sort of, not in a sense. I think it does seem like he was just definitely out for the money. And I think that it was a little disappointing. I know that um, definitely people can be more educated on what's going on with Hong Kong, what's going on in China as a whole. But the fact that he was sort of going against some of the things that he said before when it comes to freedom of speech was a little interesting. And people are like, well, LeBron, no one is counting his money. But he's he's standing to make, I think people are estimating, like a billion dollars from his deal over the course of his of deal his with life. Nike. Mm-hmm. But oh, No, no, just his deal with Nike that he right, has. Right, but they said uh, over the course of his life. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Like, mm-hmm. not just like next year. Oh, no, no, I don't know. I, I've, I <laughs> they say it was very he makes long. something like $32 million annually. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a good amount of money. Right, but like LeBron has a lot of money. Yes. So... Like, I don't think LeBron does anything for money grab. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really see that being 
the motivation for him. It's the same with like oh, Jay Z and okay. NFL. Mm-hmm. Where it was like everybody was like, "Oh, he's a hypocrite. He's doing this. He's doing that." And it's like he's clearly not doing this for any money. He's a billionaire. Yeah, like it's not a money grab. So there's other things that are motivating people. But um, I was reading this article in USA Today, and it's interesting. Um, so <clears throat> who is this person that they were talking to? Um, I just want to make sure I have it right because what he says is really interesting. Um, <clears throat> he says. Hang on, let me find this. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, Mark Francis, um, he's a, a sports business lecturer at UCLA. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a big risk to take sides on things. People have always been critical of Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan for never taking a side on basically anything. Very true. Mm-hmm. It sends that message that they're protecting their brand. But when then we get a guy like LeBron James who speaks on uh, social issues and tries to use his platform for social good, there's a risk of backlash. He's almost in a no-win situation. So it's very true. Oh, yeah, no, yes. I did, I read that. I actually skimmed that article. I, I understand, I think, for me, obviously, I'm not in LeBron's head. I'm business, a lot of things in business. And even when you're famous, you have to like, what is it called? I get you scratch my back, I scratch yours. There's a Quid lot, yeah. There's a lot of sort <laughs> quid pro quo. Of, exactly. You're not. When getting, we heard that lately. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting anything for free in this world, and I think you know, especially in business, you have to. You know, you're partnering up with people. So even if you feel like, I can see how you're sort of about social justice. You can't do that for your hands are tied, and who knows what kind of pressure that he that he received. Um, from other people who are higher than him or that he made business alliances with before, he was saying, listen, we need you to speak up. We need you to say something. Pretty sure that there's that pressure there. Definitely. When you're making... Yeah. Yeah, and the guy, he said, when you take one side, you lose the other. Yeah. And it's true. So you just have to calculate... Which side makes more sense for your ass? Yeah. and Sometimes that just be how that be. Yeah, I don't think sometimes... I don't think it's as clear. We don't know what's at stake, at stake, basically. We don't know what this man could lose. I mean, yeah, he'll have the money, but in the long run, is he thinking... I think it's kind of what you say about Jay-Z, in a sense, because I still feel like I don't know what's going on there, but I feel like, okay, well, this is like a setback in a sense, but in the long run, I can do something better. You know what I'm saying? This right now mm-hmm. is something that I can't explain. Maybe it's not good right now, but I'm going to do greater good and I'm going to do more. This enables me to be in a position where I can do better good, more good. You know, maybe this will happen with LeBron James. I mean, yeah, the NBA is trying to make money and the NBA is an extremely wealthy and they have far reach and who knows. But I'm trying to eventually sort of relent it a little bit and they allow them to, to have their games because I think they realize, too, there's... There's money opportunity- to be made for them. Well, yeah, because well. a lot of Absolutely. their there are people in China who are fans and they're willing to pay for these um, for these games. But I have to say, I love the the big. I don't know if you can call it big dick energy that they took, and they were like, "Nah, son, big dick energy." Yeah, for sure. I was like, "You go ahead." Absolutely, <laughs> it was you very impressive. It. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, we know a lot of the issues with China mm-hmm. and free speech and human rights and that kind of thing. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm kind of just taking the attitude of like, I might have to stay out this month. Like, you know what I mean? I like, I know some of the history, but I don't think I know all, I don't know enough of the history um, to take a stance either way on like very specific things. You know what I mean? On a micro level. Oh, yes. So, yes, on a macro level, I think we all can agree that like, 
the Chinese government be fucking they people up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they can't even Google search certain words. <laughs> like, you know? Um, but they looking at America like, America's got all these freedoms and look at them. Exactly. And you can't be mad at nobody for that because yeah. they would be right. But, you know, obviously, like I said, on a macro level, yes. Like, China needs to do better yeah. when it comes to human rights. Definitely. And free speech and, and, and freedom, generally. Um, but, you know, there's so much history there that I think we don't know, we don't understand. And we get a lot of um, the reports back from, like, our American news. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, the American news system, a lot of times can be very much the same as the Chinese oh, system like, yeah. in that, you know, it feeds you what it wants you mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you watch enough documentaries, <laughs> yeah, you have you to figure be aware out of that. Yeah. how, like, really corrupt some of it can be. And so it's tricky, and I'm just like, I hate to be like, well, I don't live in China, so I'm going to mind my business, but it's kind of the stance I need to take right now on a micro level. I don't live in China, I'm going to mind my business. I'm not LeBron, so I don't have... Um, a billion dollars at stake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think yeah, I think whatever, you know, works best for you. I think for me it's like I've seen the there are lots of nuances that I don't know about and then like you can't trust every news source. Definitely. But I think if we're seeing people in the streets who are protesting and 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 explaining how they feel on the news and there's clips of that in videos, it's like millions of people. It's just like, well no, I'm gonna. Tr- I'm just on that note. I'm gonna side with these people and say, and we know about the history of China and their humane rights. That's wrong. And it's just like, well, lit- there's nothing wrong with someone being supporting that and and going against going against that. I think is un- unfortunate that just money and other just things just get in the way when you're trying to trying to fight for social justice. Right. Yeah. Oh, communism. Yeah. <sighs> and yeah. capitalism. Oh, Lord. that's not even into it. <laughs> Yes. Oh, socialism. So, Let's oh, just talk about all what the a, isms. What, is there, what's <laughs> another word? What's another word? Fash? Nope. Fash? No, Let's that's, move not on. A, that's not another one. <laughs> Let's move on. Well, I, I could name one, but I wouldn't know <laughs> what it meant. I'm like, I've I'm heard like, of other ones. I'm like, nope. I don't, I don't think I want to play this game. <laughs> We're going to have you create your the, one of the podcasts. We're just going to talk about our perfect society. Well, that- unfortunately, there's another ism I feel like we need to discuss today. What? Colorism oh, okay, okay, good, is back. Good, good segue. <laughs> good transition. Well, did you... I mean, you don't watch I read basketball. The I don't watch it, but I read right. um, your article so, that you wrote. So, well, I, I felt the need to write something about it mm-hmm. because I was pissed. I was very annoyed. Mm-hmm. I feel like there, a lot of times, there is this uh, idea that light-skinned black women have of like, well, I'm not doing anything to you. That's not correct. No one's doing anything because of the color of your skin. And they fail to recognize the things that darker black-skinned women go through Mm -hmm. in their lives that cause them... It's the same with with black people with racism, right? Where, like, when someone's treating you unfairly and the only difference between you and all the other people who are being treated one way is the fact that you're black and everyone else is not or Mm -hmm. everyone else is white, you can't help but be like, this is racism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how colorism works as well. Mm -hmm. When you're being treated unfairly and you can't help but say, well, wait a minute, everybody else is light-skinned and I'm Mm dark-skinned, so... This a dark skin thing? The yeah. fuck? Because what else would it be? You're thinking right, in your head. Yeah. Right. So what happened was, you know, OG is a newer cast member. Mm-hmm. And she, throughout the season, this season, it's been an issue of like, OG's aggressive. Mm-hmm. And yes, 
OG State talking about she gonna break somebody's jaw, they can catch this fade. But my thing is, they all speak like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the difference is that OG plays um football. Mm-hmm. She's in like the lingerie league, and so What's OG a little brolic. What's the it's, lingerie? It's a football league. Uh, oh. The ladies they play in like the like sexy panties oh okay so OG's a little brolic yeah so she looked like she has the ability to actually break a jaw mm-hmm. like she's had a broken finger all season talking about she's gonna take somebody's hair clean off their head oh god so my thing is they all speak like that but from what we've seen in what you know whatever editing we have not seen OG attacking anybody mm-hmm but we have seen other castmates attacking people this season and over time. Mm-hmm. So her point, I think, is valid in that she's saying, why is it you guys are coming up with a separate set of rules for yourself? Because y'all stay wanting to call me aggressive, not invite me to things, exclude me from things, saying because I'm aggressive and I'm angry and my behavior is this. And mm-hmm. she's like, yet everybody else here has actually put hands on someone, has actually thrown drinks in people's faces and done all this other stuff. I haven't. Mm-hmm. And everybody threatens to do things to people the same way that I have. Mm. But I haven't actually done anything. And so for the reunion, she was like getting dressed. She was hyped. I'm about to be vindicated, all this stuff. They send the host, punk-ass producers, mm-hmm. send the host, Mark Lamont Hill, to go and tell her that they want her to sit in a completely different set. Because some of the castmates f- said they feel uncomfortable having her on the same set as them. Mm-hmm. And so I guess as the reunion is progressing, Evelyn admits that she for sure said it. No one else admitted that they did, but Evelyn said it, and I guess she gave the producers an ultimatum, like, if OG's gonna be on the set, I'm not. So the producers were like, OG, we want to have you in a separate set. And she was like, no. And I was like, thank you. I'm glad she said no. Stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. No. Don't let them treat you like you're a fucking animal. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're a wild beast and you can't contain yourself. Mm-hmm. And sit here and have a conversation without putting hands on someone. No. Some of the other people act like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And she so was like, she, no. So she did not stay. She left. So she was like, I'm not leaving because I want to leave. I just want to make sure you guys understand you're making me leave. Mm-hmm. So she left. And then one of the other castmates who she's cool with, Cece, who nobody else likes, mm-hmm. left too. Because she was like, we're not going to do this the right way. We're not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. So they both left. OG came back. Mm-hmm. I hope she gave Cece that call, though. Side note. OG, I hope you, you text or rang your girl like, listen, I'm going to go back because I feel like I need to do this. And Cece was like, okay, cool. You go do that, but I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. So OG came back. She did it on a separate set. She had a boyfriend with her. And OG and Evelyn have been going back and forth towards the end of the season about Chad Ochocinco and this whole thing because... OG was like, Chad was up in her DMs. He was texting her. He wanted her. Mm-hmm. Evelyn's like, he said, you're delusional. She reached out to Chad for receipts. That's a whole nother conversation Why? I'm not even getting into. I I have my he, feelings about that, but that's a whole nother okay, conversation okay. I'm not even getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, so they have a separate set. They keep calling her violent, aggressive, and all this stuff. And she was like, y'all are treating me like this because I'm a dark-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. And so Kristen, another castmate, it's like, I'm a dark-skinned woman, ain't nobody treating me like this, all this other stuff. So they're trying to basically draw on, like, evidence that it's not a colorism thing. Mm-hmm. It's a your personality thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing that pissed me off, and that's fine, because I'm not saying OG's right. Not at all. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, when she said it, number one, take it into consideration. Mm-hmm. Just think 
think about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that that's actually a thing and you did it unintentionally? Mm-hmm. That's first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, Shawnee, don't have a whole side conversation. Like the reunion ended, they all done. Shawnee has a, her own little like conversation with Mark Lamont Hill mm-hmm. like that they recorded to play in the last five minutes of the reunion addressing the colorism thing mm-hmm. but it's just Shawnee mm-hmm. on a separate set and all of this and I'm like what's wrong with this picture here Yeah, how does. dare you decide you're going to have this conversation about colorism and exclude any other voices mm-hmm. or opinions and number one you are a light skinned woman you yeah. are a fair skinned woman mm-hmm. and how do you not acknowledge that you have lived your life with a certain amount of light skin privilege mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you might not be equipped to be having this conversation? Yeah, at least even. just not with only your voice on mm-hmm. it. I just that's I was offended by that. Mm-hmm. The fact that she actually thought that it made sense to have this conversation. So it was like so basically what you're doing is you're just defending your position. Mm-hmm. And then you excluded her from the conversation from being allowed to explain why she feels the way she mm-hmm. does. And that's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's yeah. fucked up. Cuz I don't think most people are going to look at it and think that they're going to think that OG OG mm-hmm. is crazy and she's right, not right and then Shawnee's a producer of the show and it's mm-hmm. also it's just like it's like well thinking like Shawnee this is your show everyone knows that and then she traditionally from what I've seen on the show she's been more so the one of the more likable characters mm-hmm. on the show in some respects so it's like you have that platform already and then you know as a black woman too I would assume that you know this is an issue so it also gives you the opportunity to have her at least if you guys weren't in the same space to have her on a separate set him interview her and explain why she feels that or way or the two of them could have been in that separate no, set no 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 I, I agree so where it was Either. like oh um, we're gonna spend the next five minutes talking about colorism because mm-hmm. this came up Shawnee, you could have had OG in the room. You and OG don't have any beef. Oh, they don't? Okay. No, there was no question. OG never threatened Shawnee. Her beef was with Evelyn. Mm -hmm. Her beef was with some other people. There was never any beef with her and Shawnee. Mm -hmm. So... There shouldn't have been any fear from Shawnee that OG was ever going to try to turn up on her. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. that But even still... No, my thing is even still... Then have the balls to be like, listen, OG... I, you know, I want to understand why, you know, where you're coming from and why you feel that way. No, I agree, Can yeah. you join me? It'll just be me, you, and Mark, mm-hmm. and let's talk about this colorism issue. Yeah. Or, or even, like, if even if she was scared, like I said, to have her separately address the issue, why she feels that way, and then they can take two segments. She explains why she feels that way, and then Shawnee explains why right, she feels right. that way. Right, right. Maybe do they the same released... thing with Shawnee. Yes. Do the same thing with OG yes. that they did with Shawnee, and then cut it so we can see the back and forth. Yeah, so then you would also, <laughs> or, or yeah. you would understand both sides of it. Okay, this is why Shawnee feels like it's not going on, and this is OG explaining why she why she does. And I think everyone knows that that's something that exists. So it's weird. Uh, maybe they weren't thinking. I wonder who who put that together. It, I yeah, it's, swear. It's, it's, it's it's a missed opportunity. It really pissed me off. It's a yeah, missed it was opportunity. Very, that's very much what it was. And yeah. I'm like, I like Shawnee. I've always liked Shawnee on the show. I felt like she's always been more neutral this season, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's whatever. Like that to me, that doesn't matter. I don't care about that. I don't even care about whether or not. OG's right. Mm-hmm. I care about the fact that there was an opportunity to have a, a much more forward moving conversation mm-hmm. about it and y'all completely shat the bed. Yeah. Like, you really missed the mark mm-hmm. on that. Um, and yeah, anytime you think that you're gonna have a conversation about colorism and exclude the dark-skinned women, 
you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a problem here. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, that you can't have a constructive conversation or forward-moving conversation. It's like, yeah, you know, we have these conversations about racism. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're always one-sided. It's yeah. kind of what we were talking about with Chelsea Handler. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, when we talk about white privilege, white people need to have white white conversations about white privilege. Like, white conversations. Right, because if it's only black people talking about it amongst black people for the most part, it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, we need to have those conversations. Colorism is so deeply ingrained. It's like racism. Mm-hmm. It's so deeply ingrained in the fabric of who we are as a society that you can't deny it. It's a conversation that's going to continue to come up. Yeah. We're never going to stop having those conversations. Yeah. The the difference will be whether or not those conversations actually evolve mm-hmm. and um, cause any kind of change. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's just like, if you're not willing to have that conversation in a way that makes you uncomfortable, then you played yourself. Like, yeah. it's a waste. I agree. It's a waste. I agree. That's unfortunate. Oh, I was so angry about it. Clearly, because yeah. I'm, I'm hype about it now. <laughs> just because I'm like, I just feel like people just don't want to acknowledge like privilege again, right? Where it's just like, well, no, nah, I'm a black woman. I didn't have any kind of privilege in this world. But we're talking comparatively. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if we're talking comparative to dark skinned black women, then you do. Yeah, you do have a privilege. We yes. all have a certain a certain amount of privilege. First, I mean, we're right. also, yeah, it's just like you, you can keep going down the ladder. It's just like if you take, you know, I'm American. That's a certain amount of privilege. Right. I myself am a man. That's a certain amount of privilege. You know, so it's just like there is, everyone has. Right, relatively Yeah, speaking. relative to other people. Right. Usually there's always someone worse off than you. So it's just like. You know, right. I'm like, no one has ever said to me, you're pretty for a light-skinned girl. Yeah. That's yeah. a phrase that does not exist. It does not exist. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I've never but, heard that. Yeah. Right. But. You're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. We talked about this. And but how many dark-skinned women do you know have told you that? Yeah. Like, how many times they've heard that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you up. know it's a thing. Yeah. They're not all just making that up. Mm-hmm. They can't be. Yeah. And it's like, you talk, your experiences of growing up in, in a household where you're different colors, which is a lot of black people have that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, if you have sisters, and, and I do think it is different with women. It definitely, to Absolutely. me, the dynamic is different with women because women are sort of uh uh not great what's the word they're judged by their beauty and, you know and so their looks and so yeah dark-skinned girls aren't consi- usually considered as pretty as light-skinned girls so yeah if you have two sisters or a group of sisters and a couple of them are dark-skinned and the ones that are light-skinned yeah of course you're gonna you've experienced that it's a thing yeah it's yeah definitely a yeah. thing it's interesting i was watching this documentary called skin mm-hmm. um by uh this uh, Nollywood actress Beverly Naya. And, What's Nollywood? Oh, Nigeria's Hollywood. Oh, it's okay. like the the third biggest like movie making industry in the world. Oh, good. What after America and Bollywood? Well, Bollywood's number one. Oh, okay. He's yeah, like, they make like six Bollywood movies. Don't play. <laughs> and then I think it's Hollywood and then Nollywood. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and they um, she was exploring this idea of colorism in Nigeria and like skin bleaching which mm-hmm. is huge oh yes I did hear it's, about this it's a big thing I did not know this but until I saw this but what's interesting is that they it's it mostly is from the perspective of like colorism there a lot of it is is fueled or the skin bleaching at least is fueled by wanting to be desirable to men mm-hmm. like it's it doesn't necessarily come from 
the women in their own minds feeling like they need to live up to some Eurocentric ideal of beauty. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. So I was asking her, but do you think that it's the men that have this Eurocentric ideal of beauty and they've then passed that on to the women Mm -hmm. subconsciously or whatever. So like, even though the women in their mind, they're not thinking, let me bleach my skin because I want to look like Rose Byrne, Mm -hmm. but they're like, let me bleach my skin because I want to look desirable to this man, and he likes the rose burn look. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They and just know that like, it's yeah. lighter skin. Like, yeah. I need to be lighter skinned in order to be pretty. Right. So, I'm pretty sure those lighter skinned African Nigerian women have an easier time than those dark well, they, skinned they, women. Well, they'll find a husband. Yeah. They'll find a husband with money. They said that, she said what happens is a lot of times, you know, they see white European and American business people come to Nigeria it's to do business deals. Mm-hmm. Um, or they see white people come to do business deals. They have this idea that white means having money. And so for the men, it's like if you have a wife or a lover who's closer to white, you must have something. You mm-hmm. must have some sort of success, some sort of money. Because why would she be with you otherwise? Yeah. And then it makes the women want to look like those women. It's just, oh, God. It's a mangled mess. It is a mangled mess. And then they're mess. bleaching their skin. It's so common. Which we know. Like, you go to West Africa, you go to, like, a pharmacy, and there's, like, all kinds of bleaching creams all on the shelves. It's I the same in, like, that. the Caribbean. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't. I guess I didn't know that. I knew that it was prevalent in a lot of other countries as well. Yeah. Like, a lot of Asian countries, very much so. I right. knew that, but... Isn't it wild, too, though, how we have such a... Like, this history of colorism in the United States is huge. Like, mm-hmm. it's a big thing, and it's a big deal. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea of, like, wanting to be lighter, it's been a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. We've always been told the light was right and light was better and all this stuff. I feel like we're getting more away from that now and really, like learning to love and claim darker and, you know, the skin that you're in yeah. generally. But we've all we still have always had that sort of idea that like, oh, light skin is better, light is right, they're prettier than this. But if someone says they're bleaching their skin, we treat them like a leper. We're like, they are vile. We're like, well, why yeah. would you ever do that? You're crazy, self hatred. And it's like, hold up. Really? You realize that this person grew up their whole life being told that their skin was awful and that it's something to be hated? And then you also, in the back of your mind, know that you're like, oh, thank God I'm not dark. You don't want to be their color. But the moment that they say they want to be your color or they want to take action to do that, you treat them like they're the worst person on the planet? It's amazing. Well, I feel... And and no, that's not good because you should always want to help... Not judge someone to the extent that you want to make them feel like shit for the insecurities that they have. (laughs) But I think that the... I I, I don't know. I'm not in... I've only grown up in America. I think the good thing that we have, American black people, is that we've been having these conversations for years. Mm -hmm. For So I think it helps us, even if we're struggling with that and we're born... Like, you know, when you're little, you're born into that and you don't know. You know it, but you don't know how to navigate it. And then as you get older... You like oh this you is find what out it is. what this colorism yeah colorism there's a name and for it's like it. generations have always had this they've been doing they've been having these conversations for 50, 60 years mm-hmm. it's just much it becomes more it becomes louder the 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 talk around it the discussions mm-hmm. so I think in this country we've always been talking about it right. I think in other countries it seems like they have not had those discussions no and that's true because one thing that she did say because I said why do you think that is about the whole skin bleacher thing and she said 
you know, colorism is not a term that anyone's using in mm-hmm. Nigeria. It just exists, but they don't know it. They're yeah. so deeply into it, mm-hmm. and it's just such a part of the culture. Yeah, there's no term for it that has a negative connotation. Yeah, yeah. We, we and not like, that no. I, I'm not encouraging skin bleaching mm-hmm. at all. I just think it's wild though that like we still a lot of people still do succumb to this the ideals of colorism, but the moment someone says that they want to lighten their skin. They are all kinds of vile and horrible, what? and which is we come for them. I think to me too. Also, there's this there's this um, sort of factor of self awareness or something about it. Like because it's even if you feel deep down inside that maybe you don't want to be dark skinned or you're upset with the fact that you're dark skinned, I feel like everyone knows, especially with our generation and generations after us, there's this level of, it's like, it's a process. And you are aware of it, that's the first thing. And how do you deal with it? How do you navigate this? So self-love and self-acceptance is sort of this this thing that you're constantly doing. So you're going, okay, well, I'm not happy about this. How am I going to love it? I'm not happy that I feel this way about dark skin people. How do I get past that? So you are so you know that the fact that once you start doing something, bleaching your skin, it's like, oh, hell no. That's just not the way I need to go. Ugh. I feel like you're constantly tr- trying to struggle against that of loving yourself and loving your people. For them, it's not, like you said, there's no language to speak about it. They haven't even talked about it, so they don't even see it as a negative where we know it's negative already to change your looks to be we know that's not cool but we still struggling you know i really do just wish that there was an answer and that it's just a matter of us getting to it you know what i mean what do you mean an answer for Uh, uh, yeah for colorism i just wish there was an answer yeah like that there was just a solution and we just haven't found it (laughs) but in like 2021 you know what I mean? We find it and everyone goes, oh. Yeah, I feel like it's... And a, then it's better. <laughs> like A part of that is representation, that like kids seeing themselves of reflected. Course. And then a part of that is just having conversations. Yeah. And then, uh, you know... The issue with representation and conversations, of course, it's like, A, for representation, it's like, you know, we get excited when we're making these strides, but it's like, they take so long. Mm-hmm. They take so long. Like, I was looking at um, Nima Tang, because I was looking at this thing with all these influencers, and I'm like, she's super dark. I, like, her skin is just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, and she's in, like, Houston. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she grew up in Houston, but I was saying, I'm like, this girl has the most gorgeous skin, and I bet you she spent a long time hating it or defending it, especially if she grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, being told that her skin was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's the most beautiful freaking skin. Yeah. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Everything about it. And I'm like, it's really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it's but that's why we need more Nima Tang's beauty influencers. Yeah, and, you need... You know, Jesse Woo's and people who are seen, who are like on the scene doing different things. But then, again, then you have certain girls can behave a certain way and then other girls can't. Mm-hmm. So then, now it's a new conversation. It's a different struggle. What do you mean? Struggle. What do you mean? Meaning, um, we were having this conversation. I don't remember who I was talking to. Um, they were saying, like, you know, Angela Rye, mm-hmm. she'd be on Fox News coming for the uh, correspondents. Yeah. And it's like, and they're like, yeah, Angela Rye can do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's a very fair-skinned black woman. Yeah. But it was like, but... You know, a darker black woman can't do that. Yeah. They'll come from her. With the black yes. body. Yes, and there's yeah, a, the, that's yeah. the thing, yes, where it's just like, okay, and now it's, 
oh, these dark-skinned girls can be in certain spaces, but then they got to watch how they mm-hmm. act. You know, they got to watch the way they behave. They can't speak a There's certain a way. Stigma. They can't behave a certain way. Yeah. They can't do certain things. We let you in the space, but watch how you behave. Well, it's kinda... And it's really crazy. So it's it's just such slow strides. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, like, you know, any movement forward is better than no movement at all. But it's like, we got to speed this train up. It's really funny that you, because it made me think of like even when you see when you talk about how in the news or these movies where they would spoof things and they have like the angry black man and he's always darker. Mm-hmm. He's always darker. Oh. Very, and even in those cartoons like the menstrual shows or like the, those I don't know what you call them. Those little dolls with the big lips. Like mammy dolls? Mammy dolls. Mm-hmm. And they have the ones that are men. What do they call the ones that are men? Or they they have those. And they have those in different countries. I saw them in different places while we were traveling. Uh, I think in an Asian country um, one of our friends was in like Japan or something they had them. When we were in Italy I saw a few of those places and it's just like the stigma. They're always so dark. Like their skin, it's never like a light-skinned black person. Well, it's no, always like this that's dark, the, that's well it's painted black and then they, and it's like this view of how even before like white people or whoever, you lived in a different place, you never even met a black person. The way they depict us mm-hmm. is just like dark as tar and lips big and all this and it's like this scary sort of image of black people that they give you because that's what you think of and then when you meet a black man or a black woman on the street who's giving you attitude or whatever then you think oh then that's in the back of your mind it's all these things that you associate with being dark skinned that are dangerous hypersexualized you know it's really really interesting how that's happening oh for sure but like even in our own movies we did it for so long oh my gosh before we recognized wait a minute hold up this is problematic this is an issue a house party you know it was like Sydney Tisha Campbell she she plays the innocent sweet girl like the one that is gonna end up being someone's girlfriend yeah AJ Johnson is the dark skin girl she's the fast one Mm -hmm. she navigates this thing she bought that party she bought that sex life Mm -hmm. like we did it in our own movies for a long time oh yeah yeah definitely yeah and that comes from us being trained or being taught to hate ourselves right and that just passes down from generation to generation and people not didn't even question it. Right. We just got to do better if we're going to have conversations about it. I that's think that's that the issue that I had was just, we can have these conversations. We have to, but do better and be, be, be more self-aware. Maybe go to therapy and talk about these things yourself. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like then, then people have this idea of like, oh, if you're dark skinned and you've had a certain amount of trauma about the color of your skin, you need to go to therapy and unpack that. Mm-hmm. But that's not just a dark-skinned people's problem. Yeah, it so is. it's just like, as a light-skinned black person as well, that's trauma, and that's the, those are issues that also um, that you also have. Mm-hmm. That you need to talk about and unpack those as well. Mm-hmm. And And what part do you play in it? Yeah, you just always make me think of my family. Every time we have these conversations... But yeah, I wonder too. Child has every black every black family. family. <laughs> but I, I do think it's a, a like we I've touched on this before. We both have about how social media I think is great because you see all of these things that are opening up and people are praising their dark skin and people are talking about like, you know melanin pop and all these things mm-hmm. and you see the shirts of black women and black men usually black women who are dark skinned and they're loving it and it's it's not taking away from our light-skinned sisters and brothers is just showing that, okay, these are people also within our group who have been, uh, who haven't had that privilege. It's just, of being we're recognized. all fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's just like, like we're all what? beautiful and they have been, le- dark-skinned people, I'm a dark-skinned man, have been less 
they have been told less that they are beautiful, particularly with women. I think dark skinned people mm-hmm. in general, but even with dark men, it they have this edge. I feel is sort of being sort of sexy. It, it, it even it, not exotic, but there's this sort of like primal, which is more both, manly. More Unfortunately, manly. Unfortunately, that's what yes, this has been. Exactly. That, like masculinity. Yes. Um, they're part of their masculinity lies in being so darker. Dark. Yes. And like light skinned guys are softer and yes. smoother and they're this. Exactly. Oh yeah, somewhere around like nineteen ninety eight, I wanna say. Ninety nine, mm-hmm. it like became the, the the day of the dark skin man. Yeah, and like, and then the light skin brothers are out there struggling, <laughs> talking about we gonna come back and like, yeah. And I and it, I think we can laugh about it as black people because it's a joke. Yeah, because it's like, well, it was an appreciation mm-hmm. of light skin men, and now it's appreciation of dark skin men. Yeah, but I don't think that it's been that like, oh, no one stopped liking light skin men. No, 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 no. One did. It, was it was just that the Morris chestnuts. Of the world, yeah. like you know, stepped into sure. the light, and you was like, "Wait a minute!" And I and it feels like I've always felt like uh, just speaking of that hypersexual, uh, like the the black man, how he's a woo, and you hear about those old tales um, in slavery days, how he used to talk about the the penis and how it was so big that they used to do crazy things with it, and like the you know the slave and all these, you know, the even the black slave men, men and women were like, "Ooh, what is going on here?" And you know, all these. They were so into the fact that it seemed like I think sort of like an animalistic primal thing, and I think that attraction. Yeah, the slave master. Yeah, the slave. Yeah, and I think that that's continued. I don't know how that's played out with black people. Like, how is that something that's come from slavery? The fact that they felt like, oh, he's so black. Ooh, like. Mm. <laughs> yes, I believe so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, something to ponder until next episode because we gotta go. All righty. I don't all even right. know if there was some other stuff we were supposed to talk we about. We did. We'll today. talk about it next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's two, but they tie in very well together. Oh, I mean, by then they'll be a little old, but oh, it's still Lord. We ain't it's still about evergreen. old news. Oh wow. It'll it still over. It'll still be evergreen. I'm pretty sure. Cool, but cool, uh, yes. Cool. In the meantime, if you like this episode about colorism, yes. <laughs> rate us and subscribe, subscribe. Um, we're on Spotify and pretty much everywhere else you listen mm-hmm. to your podcast yes you can yes. email us at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com you can follow my darling where at always fashion week on Instagram you can follow me at standard w on Instagram um, you can follow what did we mention the Instagram um, black hipster podcast um, at, on Instagram as well um, comment leave us some nice messages um, through DM and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go. Bye. Bye. Bye.